Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, February the 15th in 2024 on When I Arise. Today we continue year B, the first Sunday in Lent. And on the Thursday of the week, like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in the book of First Peter, chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. For the Messiah too suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. In the Spirit too he went and made the proclamation to the spirits in prison, who had earlier on been disobedient during the days of Noah, when God waited in patience. Noah built the ark, in which a few people, eight in fact, were rescued through water. That functions as a signpost for you, pointing to baptism, which now rescues you, not by washing away fleshly pollution, but by the appeal to God of a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus the Messiah. He has gone into heaven and is at at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. This is the word of God for us. All right, so this is one of the passages that when you see it on the schedule, you're like, wow, this, this is going to be a doozy. Um, and I think that we've covered this before. And I think maybe the time I recorded before, I, I, I insisted and something I've kind of found through my own study is if you and I were to go to a theological library and pretty pull off a dozen books from the shelves on these ta- on this passage, we would probably have five or six different conclusions. So uh, tread lightly uh, when we're trying to come to a, a conclusion of what's going on here. Um, this is a, something that where people go to, as I've experienced, where they're trying to answer the question, like, what was Jesus doing in between Good Friday on the cross and the empty tomb on Easter Resurrection Sunday morning? Um, he does mention to one of the brigands on the cross that today you'll be with me in paradise. So if Jesus does go to a place um, that's where you know, of, of an imprisonment after death, it's, it seems to some perspective a very short time like uh, the you know the book of revelation says that jesus holds the keys to death and hades and so some assume that after he died on the cross he went to death and hades just to hollow it out you know it took like just a 10 minute pit stop and he brought out all those who were locked in prison and he got the keys on the way out so he's got control of death right because people are just trying to like so try to harmonize bits and pieces that we find in the New Testament. And we just don't have a ton of information to say anything definitively, but this is a place where they go. So Jesus, according to 1 Peter 3, he preached to the spirits in prison. I think the big question is like, when does he do this? And is it is it him, right? So like the grammar is nebulous. Uh, some of the scholars say maybe it's not Jesus uh, preaching to the spirits in prison in the days of Noah. This could be a reference to he, the spirit, not Jesus, but to the spirit who um, anointed Noah in the days of Noah to preach to the people in the days of Noah. So uh, the spirit was present with Jesus during his ministry. 
was uh, present with Jesus during his glorification and resurrection. The same spirit was present um, on the lips of Noah as he, as God's prophet, tried to preach righteousness to people during the days of Noah, right? So there's just a lot going on here. So because of that, we just need to zoom out and say, okay, what does the context say? Um, in this letter, Peter is trying to comfort um, many Christians in a network, it seems, who are undergoing some suffering. We don't know the, we don't know the precise scope of the suffering. Is it physical suffering or is it just like social malignment? We're not quite sure. But verse 17, which sets the context to this passage, says it's better to suffer for good conduct if God wills it so than for the bad, right? So Peter tries, he's trying to comfort those who are suffering. And you can imagine uh, this the array of questions that come up when a community is suffering because of their faith. They wonder how long they're going to suffer. Is the suffering worth it? Um, are they giving themselves to a cause that justifies their suffering? Or should they walk away and say, why give ourselves to something that's ultimately not going to last very long, right? And so I think that Peter, I think he leverages some Enochian style literature. Um, you can look that up in Wikipedia. It's just, there's parts of our Bible that seem to have an inspiration from kind of a, a fringe movement of literature from the, our ancient past called the Enochian literature. There's this character Enoch in the book of Genesis who has, you know, he has a righteous life and God just takes him away. And that's, he's got a mysterious death. And so um, Enoch seems to be this figure who brings revelation. And so um, there are some places in the New Testament that uh, seem to have an uh, inspiration from Enochian literature, not least the book of Jude right before Revelation. But uh, I think Peter is trying to get at something here, that suffering doesn't stop the work of God to go forward. Um, Noah suffered in his days. Uh, there's some rabbinical literature that says that people in Noah's day were the most wicked people. And if God's word endured in the days of Noah, if it endured in the life of Jesus, then it's going to endure for all those who follow Jesus, who are also in Christ, right? And I think this is important for us. Um, there are many influences in our culture today that try to make us worried about everything, right? And they try to stun us with things that we just don't know. Have you not heard? You know, so on and so forth. And it gets us all riled up. And uh, we think, wow, like th th this is an important thing for me to know about. And because of that, we're worried. And because we're worried, we get all ramped up. And we try to tell people about some of these things that they may not know. And uh, we get all worked up into a frenzy. And then all of a sudden, like anxiety and fear animates us and not faith, hope, and love. And so I think this is what's going on here. This is the mechanism that Peter is trying to employ. Um, yes, the, the people of God are undergoing some suffering, and it's real, and it's a, it's a something that needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. But Peter says, like, the suffering that you and I endure, like, it doesn't get the last word. God's word endures. God's plan endures. And uh, I'm not saying it's not real unless we suffer. I think there's some parts of the body of Christ today that think, that maybe we're not doing something radical enough unless we're suffering. Um, you know, that, that might be their style. It's not my style. I just think we, whether we suffer because of it or not, we need to follow Jesus. And following Jesus in, in, with the tenor of faith, hope, and love and not fear and anxiety. And as we do so, it leads us to good works. It leads us to faithful witness. And hopefully it draws more people to God, right? And so I think Peter here is just... He's just trying to be a good pastor. He's saying, you and I are part of a long story. And um, the things that we're experiencing are real. And there's things that we have to take seriously. And we also need to know that in our long arc of our story, God's always been with his people. 
and therefore he's going to be with us today. So those things in mind, spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the God who's always been, you're the eternal God, and you dwell among your people for for eternity. We thank you that even before the foundations of the world, uh, you were calling the church and you were calling your people in love. And so we thank you that we're uh, kept in your love today. We're inspired by your love, and we're also um, in, we're also stirred to be your people, um, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Um, God, that's probably easy for some of the church to say and to think about because we live in relative comfort, a relative uh, privilege even in our communities. But um, God, we do call to mind the global church, um, places where people are suffering because of Christ. Um, they're forsaken to have jobs. Uh, they're even physically harmed. They're separated from their families. Uh, they're misunderstood and they're mistreated. And so we do pray that you'd strengthen them today. During this season of Lent, um, as we humble all ourselves, the whole church humbles themselves. God, we pray that you would draw near to us and that you would embolden our witness. And we pray that multitudes of other people would come to know the, the matchless grace that we find in Jesus Christ. So we do pray for the church that suffers today. May they, they, may they be strengthened, may they be protected, and may they flourish so that people might know the good news. May us call these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>